Hello. Hello, and welcome to another episode of R2 Pence. I'm Vivian. And I'm Leah. And this is R2 Pence. On this episode, Leah and I are going to be talking about all the different shows that we watch, mostly on Netflix. One of the shows that I feel like people have been talking about a lot and really, really has made its impact on social media is you. Yes. All the memes on Twitter. So when Leah first advised or suggested that I should watch you, she only told me about the sexiness object. <laughs> so- <laughs> Of Pen Badgley. I want to make that very clear that my attraction is towards Pen Badgley and not towards the psychopathic killer that is Joe. Well, I don't know if he's a psychopath. He has something else wrong with him. Yeah, but he's a murderer. We've, we, 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 we've, um, we've seen that on the show. So, yeah, so I went in thinking, oh, this stalker, but maybe he becomes a good boyfriend. And, and then when he killed his first victim, I said, Nah, this is not the type of show Leah recommended to me. (laughs) This couldn't have been what she meant when she said this is the show is just a bit sexy. And the way she describes everything, she's like, ah, you know, he just comes up a little bit, and you're like, ooh. (laughs) (laughs) And it is that and more. It's that plus the murders. It's actually very, very good. What What was your Was your take when you first when you first saw it? The thing is, it doesn't claim to be profound or or like important you know it yeah. just it's just there for entertainment it is mm. popcorn tv at its finest it is such heightened drama yeah and they even just poke fun at themselves like Penn badgley is notorious for being like you lot are crazy because <laughs> why are you falling in love with this madman so that's not love that he's doing he's he's going around murdering people to suit his own needs yeah and his own wants and yeah yeah so i just i just it's just fun it's fun tv but it's also very scary <laughs> the way that he was able to stalk um beck regarding her social media i was like i think that made a lot of people realize oh oh shit yeah, yeah. i think up. that's that's the side of it that was like whoa and the fact that he was just able to get away with so much but then that's what Penn was talking about when he was saying about white privilege no yeah he was saying that the reason why Will or Joe or whatever he's pretending to be is able to get away with stuff is because of the way he looks. He said he's an attractive guy yeah. who's white and unassuming. He mm. looks like a book nerd. People are more open to giving him information. People are more open to talking to him about stuff yeah. and being like, "Yeah, I'll let you into this person's apartment because you seem like a good guy." Mm. He looks like he he can't do any harm to anyone. Mm. Like you look at him, you think, "Oh, harmless." And he has this invisible cap that's, that whenever he puts his baseball cap on, he thinks that he's invisible. So that's when he's going to go and do the drama the drama yeah once he puts that cap on you know somebody's about to die on this show he's going to be investigating he's going to be like the close calls that he has where he's in the street in the second season and he has this bag full of stolen shit and the police officer comes up to him and just assumes that he's a good guy on a walk on a night out with a bin bag yeah damn honestly it reminds me of did you ever seen the jeff um that serial killer Ted Bundy, did you ever watch the documentary on, on Netflix? No, that's the thing. I didn't watch it because that's a real thing. Yeah. It's real serial killer, whereas Joe is like a heightened, made-up world version. Yeah, but it, it reminded me of that in the sense that people didn't believe that Ted Bundy killed anyone because he was so attractive. Mm. So, 
I couldn't go to sleep for weeks after that, so don't watch it. Um, but you was like a cute. It was like a cute show. They were like that had moments of darkness. Mm. Yeah. They were like, let's do Ted Bundy, but let's make it sexy. Yeah. Let's add a sprinkle of romance. <laughs> let's make people root for this guy. <laughs> it's a weird show because you do end up kind of rooting for him. Mm-hmm. Well, not rooting for him to kill people, but kind of watching him and see how bad this this crazy guy can get it's only really when you get to the second season and even to the end of that that you realise everyone was like ah let's give up on him when he found another person like he found Beck he found love obviously he was with Candace at the beginning yeah. and he found this other person to obsess over I think that's when the audience was like ah fuck it love is going to kill you and we're going to enjoy watching it yeah <laughs> and it's like how does one person have this much love to give <laughs> how does one person have this much time yeah he's bored and he's working in a bookshop. Like, what? He had a full-time job. Mm. And every time he'll go and do something, it's like, oh, well, you know, Beck, I'm doing this for you. I'm doing this for us. He wasn't good for you. Your friend wasn't good for you. Your boyfriend wasn't good for you. Now you're not good for yourself, so you have to die. <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens when you have obscene standards. And then also, in the second season, um, he basically, he found someone who was his perfect match. Imagine. And still, his standards were just, his standards are always higher than what he expects of himself. Yes. So when he saw someone doing the same things that he was doing, he was disgusted. Mm-hmm. And then he's surprised when people are disgusted by him. Yeah, he's mm. like, oh, I've killed seven and you've killed four. How dare you? Mm. <laughs> How dare you? Yeah, in terms of the female leads, I feel like I preferred Beck to love. How about you? I felt like Beck was a wet blanket. She didn't really have a personality. She constantly wanted approval from other people. Yeah. At least Love knew who she was. And she knew what she was going to do to get it. Like, she knew that I am a chef. I would do anything for my family. I don't know. She's a go-getter. Okay. Yeah. Let's let's put aside her murdering to the side <laughs> for a second. Yeah. Um, she murdered the person who essentially molested her brother. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas Beck was just sort of going with the flow of life and everything. I think the reason why I prefer Beck was just because, um, I don't know. I feel like she really tried to love Joe. Yeah, no, but she did cheat on him. Oh yeah, she did. When she was going through her stuff. They're both messed up. (laughs) (laughs) In conclusion. There's no redeeming um, characteristics for any of them. No. (laughs) Apart from 40, I feel like 40 deserved to die. Who's 40? 40, love's brother. Oh, he proved himself to be crazy when he tapped. Where is it? He spiked Joe's drink with acid. Yeah, and he ruined that couple's marriage on their very first day. He's mad. I just figured, and the way that he manipulated the situation so that it was a time when Joe and Love are supposed to spend the day together, and he just manipulated it like, "Oh, I need my sister to come and help me with this thing." Mm. You understand, Joe, don't you? And mm. it was like, "Oh no, he's a fuck." Like he's fucking with people's heads too. Yeah. He can get what com- what's coming to him. He can yeah. get what's coming to him. He can get it. He can get it. But I feel like the show has a way of making everyone around Joe the bad guy. Oh, of course, of course, it's all from his perspective. Yeah, because. We look at Beck's ex-boyfriend and we're like, oh, okay, well, you know, mm-hmm. he, he killed someone, so yeah, he deserved to die. Or not deserved to, but okay, fair enough. And then you look at the girl, mm-hmm. um, is that hey, Peaches or something? Mm. So like, oh, okay, well, she was spying on Beck and also she deserved to die. And it's like, every, everybody can't be that bad, yeah. you know? Joe is a very unreliable narrator. <laughs> no, we can't really trust him, to be fair. 
Another show that's really taken um, the world by storm is Cheer on Netflix. Yes. Cheer is a fantastic show about Navarro cheerleaders. cheerleaders. It's, a, I think, a junior college in America, and it basically just follows their training to get to Daytona, which is, like, the big cheering competition. Yeah. And this is, like, the pinnacle of these people's careers because after college, they don't really have a platform to do the kind of stunty cheerleading that they do. That they do, yeah. Um, so it's too, they're basically fighting towards perfection for two minutes and 15 seconds. Honestly, the the range <laughs> of emotions I felt when I started this show is like no other because you truly feel the hard work that these kids are doing. Like, you hear every crack, every bump every ford you feel it with them as they try to get better even when they're 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 trying to practice their pyramid so their pyramid is like this last massive stunt that they do at the end of the of the performance and it has all these moving parts and you see them practicing all the different parts and they bring it together and unfortunately like something happens i don't know if people have watched it yet the injuries that these kids go through well not they're like young adults yeah the injuries that they go through it just makes you think of like other sports like you it makes you think of how many young people's bodies are like ravaged <laughs> for entertainment yeah and for the, the pursuit of something like this i have never felt the kind of passion that these kids or these young people we keep calling them kids these young people have for their sport because there's not really been anything that i've been like i'm in pain but i'm gonna push through it never gabby douglas says that she wakes up sometimes and her body is just aching so much mm. she says she can't even feel her body sometimes mm. And she still goes to practice. She still goes to training. Honestly, I think it's just really inspiring to watch young people be so passionate about something Mm. and want to give it their all Mm. and actually go for a goal and ultimately achieve that goal. I mean, they're the best in the the US for cheerleading, aren't they? Yeah. and just to see the amount of effort and time and patience it takes to be the elite, honestly, it's something that we've never... I don't think we've ever seen that. The only thing I can compare it to was when Beyonce came out with the Homecoming documentary. Video. Yeah, and you saw how much time it took, how much effort it took, how much of everything was considered and detailed. And you don't... That's the thing. Beyonce didn't even show us the setbacks. She didn't show us anything. She didn't yeah. show us the dancers that twisted their legs. She didn't show yeah. us um, any vocal strain. She, she just... That was just like a, a, a snippet of what was going on. And yeah. it was eight months. She said it was eight months. Eight months. And that was distilled into like a two-hour um, film even though the performance was like an hour and a bit. So yeah. that was like eight months worth of work behind the scenes was distilled into an hour. Yeah. We didn't even see all the processes of mm. the dancing, the choreography. Like she showed a little bit of her struggle when she was like rehearsing and stuff, but we didn't see nearly as much insight as we got from cheer. And honestly, I want Jerry to Matt talk me every single day. Jerry is who I now need to start trying to be like. The fact that he could go, like, work for something so hard, have so many setbacks, and to be basically not get put on the mat at the very beginning, yeah, and to still come back to practice with enthusiasm, still mat-talking everyone, still congratulating everyone, celebrating everyone. Mm. I feel like that's the kind of, that's the kind of resilience and compassion that I 
I really want to strive yeah, towards. Yeah. Because it's so easy to feel defeated and to just be like, fuck it. I'm not doing it anymore. Mm. Definitely. And then Morgan's fearlessness. Mm. If I could have Morgan's fearlessness, honestly, I could take over the world. It's like Jerry's compassion and, and dedication, Morgan's fearlessness, Gabby Butler's work ethic. And Ladarius's confidence. Yes. And Monica's MBA and just determination, ruthlessness to yeah. get shit done. Yes. Monica, do you know what? Monica, can you come and can you come and choreograph my life? <laughs> can you can you just come through? Because sis, the way she's just so precise. I think that's the way she's so precise in everything that she does. And she really does care about these, you know, these people. Like, these boys and men and women, they're not just, you know, cheerleaders to her. She literally sees them as, like, an extension of her family. And you can tell by the way that she proper roots for them. She's like, you guys need to be doing well in school. You can't come to cheer if you're not hitting your GPAs. Because they're still going to school at Mm. the same time. And then her determination that they take what they learn from cheering and put it into the outside world. Because realistically, the majority of them are not going to continue cheering. This is no. going to be the end of the road unless they go to a four-year college and cheer for another two years. Yeah. At the end of university, that's it. They're done. They're done. That must be such a bittersweet experience for them because to work that hard and to have your career come to an end at a time where you're still so young mm. and you really don't want it to come to an end because you you feel like you still have the motivation and the energy to keep going must be so sad for them um but yeah they could go on and be a monica <laughs> and train other cheer groups but it cheer allowed me to have a new level of respect for athletes and the dedication and work it takes into anything like something that looks as simple as cheerleading requires so much effort and dedication and i really salute them for that because it takes so much effort for it to look effortless yes the fact that they're jumping up and down breaking their head twisting and smiling at the same time i would be too way too in my head thinking about the one two three one two three she said that they do it enough that you can't get it wrong right she said you do it until you get it right and then you do it some more until you can't get it wrong. Right, yeah. Watch Cheer on, on Netflix. It's such a great show and it's very easy breezy. <laughs> oh, you will cry. <laughs> As well. Sex Education is another show that came back for a, a second season this mm. year. And I really enjoy it. Because even through all the drama and the twists and turns, there's actual like gems of knowledge in there. Yeah. I'll be honest with you, I still haven't seen the second season of Sex Education. Oh, okay. Because I'm saving... Because I love sex education so much. I'm just saving it for a moment where I can fully enjoy it. Mm. When I'm not thinking about, I'm doing this or I'm doing that. But from the first season, it was actually my top show last year. The Honestly, the best show I've seen regarding sex education. Like, it's actually an education. If you want an education in anything sexual, not everything, but you'll probably find it on sex education. And I think that the standout star of the series is Nshuti Gatwa. Yes. He is. He plays Eric on the show. Mm-hmm. And his, I think his transformation is, the way that they allowed him, like they created his character as, yes, quite a generic um, black gay boy, but the way that he made it his own and the way that he was able to improvise and put in his Africanisms mm. and like just certain things like when he says you you what is it you stink you dirty pig <laughs> wash your hands you dirty pig yeah <laughs> that's been going around that's been doing that and he said oh girl you don't have any friends <laughs> 
Yeah, because I remember even like from the first season, what I really, really liked about the show was although Eric is gay, um, what we're used to seeing in shows who which have gay characters is that their whole storyline is about them being gay. Mm-hmm. Like there's nothing else... Not that there's nothing else, but we don't really see too much about the rest of them, their personality. And I feel like Eric is the first gay character that I've been able to identify with, regardless of his sexuality. I think you're right, because a lot of the times with gay characters, the storyline is them getting to the point where they can come out. Yeah. Eric starts off out. So then it's like, okay, this is the starting point. Now where do we go on from here? Yeah. I do feel a bit uncomfortable about his um, relationship with Adam Groff and like their romance. Because I'm like, this guy bullied you for years. Yeah. And he like tormented you and like beat you up. And just because he gives you a blowjob, you're like, let me turn down this perfectly healthy relationship with Raheem for this man. I'm like, what do you mean? Okay, I don't know what you're talking about. But the viewers and the listeners will understand. understand. (laughs) I just, like, how did you, I just, I feel like this is something that happens a lot in media, but I just don't, I don't like it. I feel like, Eric, you can find someone that didn't beat you up, that didn't make you feel like shit. Yeah. But at the end, when he did give him that blowjob I was like oh my goodness of course you were gay this whole time and of course you hated Eric because Eric was so out and proud and everybody knew about it but that still doesn't justify your stinking behaviour you dirty pig (laughs) (laughs) as Eric would say um Otis I love Otis's mum I think she's great she taught me that she is fantastic she taught me that weed actually could cause um, erectile dysfunction erectile dysfunction I bet a lot of men were like, oh, oh, is that true? I think it's because they smoke it too young. Yeah. They say that, the, I think some scientists are like, ideally don't really mess around with weed until you're like 24, until your brain is like finished, you know, cooking. Mm. Yeah. So I didn't know that. And then like all the little, they've just had so many little scenes. I learned how to... Like with a banana. Do you remember the banana oh, scene? I give a blowjob with a banana. Yeah, giving a blowjob yes. with a banana. Um, the they have storylines on in the second season. Um, Amy gets sexually assaulted on the bus, so they cover sexual assault. Obviously, Maeve has her abortion in the first year. Mm. In the second season, they have a character who's disabled, and that isn't his storyline. His storyline is that he's in love with Maeve. It's like they don't really address his disability. It's it's like a, a not even a joke, but it's not the centre of his character. character. Yeah. And that's what I love about sex education is that you can see that these people are different, but they don't make their differences just... The talking point. The talking point. They make other things about them the talking point. Mm. I love sex education. (laughs) Yeah, I need to watch the second season. A show that I recommend that's on Amazon Prime is The Boys. Mm. I feel like if you're into, like superhero stuff even if you're not into superhero stuff and you want to see that kind of genre done differently the boys is the way to go it basically just takes the idea of superheroes and puts it like turns it on its head it's a world where superheroes aren't noble and honest they're assholes with a lot of money and who are famous and who have all these powers and are like treated like gods Mm. and just like the shit that they get up to and that manages to get covered up just for the sake of profits yeah and when you think about if superheroes lived like now that's a more realistic point of view like mm. it's a, it's more realistic that a superhero would be a dick than they would be a noble person mm. who just did thing for the goodness of humankind yeah because it's a no- if a normal person was given powers they'd be like fuck yeah yeah i'm going to use this to my advantage 
you can even just look at celebrities mm. the fact that they're so you know out there and where normal people were so were like here think about if they had actual superpowers they'd be untouchable mm. okay yeah. the fact that you could literally kill the police as they come to get you yeah wow <laughs> these these okay these superheroes are mad <laughs> just saying but it's really really entertaining to see to see the show yeah i've seen it. it's really good pose 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 the category is <laughs> pose is a great show a great great show it was created by ryan murphy and it kind of centers on the lives of like trans women in new york in the 80s and yeah. like them creating their families and and their yeah the kind of ballroom scene that was around in those times in those times the thing is i didn't know too much about ballroom culture i didn't know that it came from trans women i thought it was just you know something that i didn't even know about balls like mm. them like it being something where people just come out gorgeously dressed and walk i, I thought i'd always assumed that ballroom was dancing because you know how you have like ballroom yeah dancing. because they have like it's basically a place for them to show off with their families and to be glam because a lot of the times with the kind of discrimination these people were facing they were not having high earning jobs no. this was a time for them to show up and show out and look cute and feel carefree and fearless with their peers and have fun and dance and you know grab some trophies yeah grab some trophies and the show tackles a lot of like taboo topics I would say that maybe we haven't seen on other shows so I'm just on the first season now like nearly finishing the first season and um oh the the leader of the first house where she goes to get her gender reassignment surgery mm. so I'm, I'm just like at that part now and I'm just thinking like wow this was a thing um you know the lady speaking about the fact that they closed down their their programs oh right 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 yeah where they close it, they close down their their programs, and now she was trying to reopen it and do like gender reassignment surgeries for people, for Electra. Do you remember Electra? Yeah. All I remember about Electra's story was the fact that there was such fetishization to the point that her sugar daddy lost interest in her because she chose to have reassignment surgery, and it made her realize that he didn't see her as a person, as a woman. He saw her as the penis that was attached to her. Right. And the moment that she got rid of it, he got rid of her. And the, that realisation for her that she was so disposable, this person that she'd come to rely on, mm. had seen her just for that piece of anatomy and not for who she was. Right. That was the moment that really stuck out for me. Yeah. And, like, her descent. But, yeah, it's really good. It tackles the issues of sex work. It tackles yeah. the HIV and AIDS crisis. It just... Like, the fact that these people get kicked out by their families, the discrimination they face, the fact that trans women... Um, the fact that trans people are like the at the bottom of the barrel in terms of the LGBT community. They really community. are. They really are. And trans that, black women mm, as well, yeah. Um, they mentioned that um, in, in the show there's instances of discrimination where they try and get into gay bars and they're beaten up and kicked out. Yeah, yeah. And Blanca says, who is it that these gay men have to look down on than us? Mm. like they don't have anyone else to look down on but us so mm. this is why they pick on us this is why they do this to us because it makes them feel powerful yeah because obviously at the time being gay was looked down on by everybody mm. um but obviously then they needed people to discriminate against but i think it also highlights this point that just because somebody is from a minority group does not make them a good person mm. i feel like 
when we talk about struggle, even like the black struggle or the gay struggle or any type of struggle, people tend to, um, I don't want to use the word immortalized. You know, they tre- they tend to like put you up on a pedestal like, oh, but these people should have these rights because they should be, di- di- but, they, but they could be dicks as well. Yeah. And I feel like this program really showed the difficulties or like the, the pitfalls of um, blanket terms like the LGBTQ plus community yeah. and people of colour because even within those two communities there's a hierarchy yeah. that's unspoken about that is facilitated by the people that are in those communities. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Because even when I think about gay rights and stuff, it really has not benefited black gay people in the same way that it's benefited white gay people and you know people might disagree with me they might say no but the gay community is very unified and a lot of people that will say that to me are white so of course they feel from their perception Mm. it it is unified but when you speak to black people or trans people they don't feel that same love or that same progression that maybe white gay people have been able to experience just because of the way hierarchy system works in the social space Mm. and I think like the show does highlight that a lot where you're like okay actually the LGBT community is that a community of people that are still within that community still facing some sort of discrimination Mm. and just because they're being given rights and freedom from the rest of the community like the rest of the world the rest of the social you know standards doesn't mean that everybody in that community gets to enjoy it in the same way yeah like um there are still members even to this day nowadays there are still members of people like people who consider themselves to be gay who don't believe in trans people no who don't support trans people no even caitlin jenner she doesn't and she's trans. As in, but this is basically in just in her support of Trump. And then when Trump started rolling back the rights of trans people, the trans people were looking at Caitlyn like, um, "You see, sis, this is why <laughs> this is this is why we didn't mess with Trump." Yeah. But hey, it's really it's a really interesting show, and it's entertaining, and there are lighthearted moment moments, yeah. and there's just such sweetness in the ability to create your family. Yes. Yes. And that's a really important theme in the show. Yes. And just the coming togetherness of people who are going through similar struggles and then making something positive out of that. Because even though it's like lighthearted competition, they all still look out for each other in a way. Mm. Like Electra bailing out Blanca from, from, you know, jail because she needs somebody to compete with at the ball. You know, like obviously they say things like that, but it's because deep down they all really do care about each other. And they know that they are the only people that are going to check that the other people are okay. Okay, yeah. But yeah, it's a really good show. Also on Amazon Prime, we really, really enjoyed Modern Love. Okay, so when we discovered Modern Love, Leah and I were kind of like, uh, where are the cameras? (laughs) Where are the cameras? Because this show is based on a New York Times column called Modern Love. They have a book called Modern Love. They have a podcast called Modern Love. And now they have a TV show yes. called Modern Love. I'm sorry, but all those mediums are perfect for Leah Le- and I. Like, mm. we love all those different mediums. Um, so there's it's a six-part series. Yes, it's like an anthology series where it kind of each episode um, looks at the separate circumstances yeah. of these different people and, and, like, their interpretation of love or, like, the kind of love that they face. But then in the end, you realise that they're all kind of slightly interwoven and that they yeah. all kind of exist in the background of each other's stories. Mm-hmm. So Modern Love is basically a concept where they ask people to send in 
a story or a letter about their modern love story. So it could be about friendship, romantic relationships, um, I don't know, random, just stories of love in people's lives. And what was your favourite episode? My favourite episode was the episode with with the woman who basically said that her doorman in New York was the main man in her life. Right. Like, he was the consistent character um, throughout all the people that she dated. She ended up getting pregnant and had a baby. Mm. And her doorman was just had this sense of discernment where he was able to just tell if the people that... if the guys that she was bringing round were right for her or not. Yeah. And basically, he was like a paternal figure to her mm. and then he ended up taking care of her and like just going above and beyond and that the way that that kind of relationship built and the bittersweetness of when they had to like go into the real world yeah. and like continue and take other jobs and try and flourish that was the story that made me cry the most mm. i mean i cried a lot mm. <laughs> uh the story for me it's it's funny because that was the first episode the story for me was the last episode uh and that story was about old love finding love at an older age and what that looks like and how to deal with death because I guess when we're this young we don't think too much about oh my partner's gonna die because we're still young and we're still thriving but obviously at that age it's like more it's more of a thing that's gonna happen but what 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 got me was the fact that she was like people think you know at an older age love is boring and is not as exciting but it was full of love it was full of excitement i was i was so happy to be around him all the time um i it, you know i still got butterflies every time i was around him i still wanted to be with him all the time and i think that just kind of restored my faith in like forever love type of thing mm. like it, you don't you don't necessarily have to experience all the love you're going to have in your life at a younger age like you can experience it at any point and it could even be greater than any love you've ever experienced and um no that episode was just so beautifully done um yeah they were great yeah like there was even an episode with um tina fey that was in it and it was basically about a couple that were on the brink of divorce yeah and then they finally, finally found themselves in a place where they could communicate with each other. Yeah. And finally talk and, like... I think she literally just shouted at him. She did. In a restaurant, and he realised, like, that was... She'd been bottling up for so long, and she was finally able to air her grievances. Mm. And then there was another episode with Anne Hathaway, and it was discussing, like... Bipolar disorder. And how it affected her love life, and how she would go into manias, where she was, like amazing and full of life and then she would dip into a depression and wouldn't be able to get out of bed wouldn't be able to change her clothes would have food rotting on the counter yeah and just the fact that she wasn't that she didn't feel ready or able to open up to people about that yeah and then she confided in a work friend and she would lose jobs Mm. i think that was the most educational for me because whenever you know you in like when we were younger you say in passing oh i'm so bipolar whenever you would have different moods or i'm not happy all the time or i'm not sad all the time you'd say oh i'm just bipolar but to see like it's it's not just oh i'm sad it's like i can't get out of bed like she couldn't even bring herself out of bed she couldn't even go to work she would go weeks with her curtains down no light in her room that is scary like and i can't imagine what mental space you do you know what I mean must be really difficult Mm. and for so long I think 
she said that she didn't have a diagnosis for quite some time. Like, I remember when I listened to the podcast, yeah. the woman didn't have a diagnosis for quite some time. And then once she finally did get a diagnosis, it was another couple year long process of finding the right medication, medication. that worked for her. Yeah. And it's all like, again, it's a communication thing. You realise how much of how much communication affects all of these stories. Yeah. Because it was like, if she had confided in someone, she would have had someone to, she would have had an explanation. Mm. Like workplaces are more considerate and compassionate when they know that you're not bunking off just because you don't want to do the job because it's of a medical reason. Yeah. I think what this show, what this show highlights is that most of our feelings is like a fear in our heads. Mm. And once you, talk about it or once you experience it or once you share it with someone you realize that oh my goodness all I had to do was open my mouth and have that conversation but to get past that fear that monster in your head it's such hard work like oh honestly I can't imagine what it's like to go through yeah yeah it was still it was rewarding to listen to so we recommend that you listen to the podcast um, Modern Love like watch it it's just even if you just want to read the article it will take you like 5-10 minutes to yeah. read each one and it's still going mm. Modern Love is still I still read I read because I can't go back 15 years so I just read all the new ones that they publish now yeah. and it's it's still really good the podcast is even better because the podcast they read the story they have someone come in and read the story and then they'll do like a check up on the person that wrote the the letter in so you get an update on their lives so i remember do you know the one where the woman so there was one episode where the lady had like wanted to divorce her husband like mm-hmm. her and her husband were going through a rough patch and she was a journalist and then she found like her first love or something and then they went to have dinner um and then they decided that oh he went back home to his wife to his wife and then she divorced her and then she divorced her husband and then they 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 interviewed her after she said she realized that what she was looking for like they were both still hapt on on this relationship right it was still at the back of their minds like what if what if what if and in that conversation he realized the the guy he realized that actually what he had with his wife is everything that he's always wanted and him searching for this other thing was just not needed kind of thing and she realized that um her husband wasn't it and she had to divorce him so yeah that was just like whoa okay like you actually catch up with people you see what they're doing in lives now if you're interested but it's it's a really great show there are so many other shows. I feel like I watch like 10 shows at any given time that I would love to recommend. Like The Umbrella Academy is another, uh, it was a graphic novel that was basically turned into a TV series. It's another take on superheroes, but like, it's funny how they managed to make these so different. Like you can tell a Marvel film from The Boys, from The Umbrella Academy, they're just slightly different in tone and like right. The Umbrella Academy is dark. As in they have this kid who plays number five and he basically comes back from the part. No, he comes back from the future, mm. and he basically has the conscious of consciousness of a sixty-five-year-old man still in like I don't know a twelve-year-old kid's body. So the way that he's just like effing and blinding and drinking whiskey and like wow. And I'm just, I look at this program. And I'm just like, this must be so interesting to film. Like, is this kid even old enough to watch this? <laughs> right. Oh God. Yeah. Another show that I've. It's not really a show. It's more like a documentary. It's the Goop Lab. <laughs> you have mixed feelings about this. I want to say that I've not watched it, but from what I know of Goop, 
I'm very suspicious because they often peddle things that are just not scientifically accurate at all. Yeah. Uh, so it's basically a show. It's on Netflix as well. It's fronted by Gwyneth Paltrow and her staff at Goop. And they essentially try all of these alternative medicines or alternative practices that they think could be beneficial to people. So they turn into lab rats themselves. The first episode is basically trying to figure out whether or not psychedelics could actually be a form of therapy. Right. It's funny because I've seen it on... There was, a, there was an episode on Mind Explained where they say that they've seen that psychedelics could be useful for people. So she sends like six people from her team to Jamaica because this is the only place like you can do it. This is one of the few places you can do it um, in a safe space. So they have these psychedelic therapists who are there with you and holding your hand through the journey and conversating with you. So they all... So hold on, they show people going on trips, going on acid trips. It wasn't acid, it was mushrooms. Okay. okay. Yeah, so they all take a little bit of mushroom and then they have like all the therapists, like, they have three therapists and like I think it was four or five people just there. And one of the people was just crying, like she was just crying. She was just crying, 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 crying. And then another person was just laughing so much. And they all said that they felt as if they let a load off. And the way that they described it was that there is a lot of things that is in your consciousness, but you just live with it because it's natural to you. So when you think in your head, oh, I need to eat, you don't say that out loud that I need to eat. It's just something that's in your head and it's something that you live with and you just do an action based on that, right? So they think that what magic what magic mushrooms do or like these psychedelic therapies is that it allows you to say those things or to feel those things that are just part of your like your mind all the time. And if it's to cry or if it's to laugh or if it's to you just say everything that you wouldn't say subconsciously because you just live with it. And that's like the gateway drug. Like, you know, they go like gateway drugs to heaven or whatever. And they all said that they felt like released they felt like they released everything that they were feeling not everything but now they feel that whenever they they're in a down moment they can remember what that feeling of release was like see this is where i'm just like ah come on so this is just anecdotal evidence yeah we don't have like scientific proof for it but people have said that it works for like anxiety as well so just remembering the good feeling that they had when they did it in jamaica is what relieves anxiety I don't know, but that's what they say. Some people, some people say that it released anxiety. Like, they've had serious anxiety about things before and then after they did, like, their mushroom, magic mushroom or another type of psychedelic, they're now able to manage their anxiety better because a lot of people, when they have cancer, they have serious anxiety about the cancer coming back and some doctors will say do a psychedelic therapeutic thing and a lot of them say that well not a lot but the two people that they had on the show said that it really helped them (laughs) (laughs) it's just i've not watched the program but i've already i've already seen that doctors are complaining that this show is like promoting unscientific practices but i think there also might be an element of the placebo effect yeah. Of just believing strongly if a doctor recommends if a doctor recommends that you take a sugar pill and you don't know it's a sugar pill, you're like, ah, this amazing thing that I've gonna found work. is gonna help. Yeah. Honestly, I I was I was a bit like, okay, I wanna try. Maybe this is their plan. But when I when I finished that episode, I was like, okay, I wanna go on a mushroom magic mushroom trip just to see if I can release something in my subconscious. See, I wanna do that just to experience the sensation of it. Yeah. Like, I don't expect it to do anything other than feel different. 
But apparently a lot of people say they feel different. They feel like something significant has happened in their lives. Mm. Like a shift has happened. Well, they've gotten away with a crime more often than not. (laughs) Yeah, because it's illegal to do that shit, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah, but Goop Lab, if you're interested in just amusing yourself and seeing like alternative therapies or just random shit then yeah goop lab is a good one there are so many shows so oh, many shows could, oh, honestly if i was just a spitball i'm literally just like watch good girls watch new amsterdam watch this is us like you know there's so many different programs i'm watching shameless usa and i i love it yeah shameless is great the office is great it, the british one or the american one the american one because i've not watched either yet have you not? It's no. so funny. Oh my goodness. Watch The Office, yeah. You might not be into this, but watch The Witcher. Ah, the one on Netflix. Mm. I only watched it because I needed something to do while doing my makeup on New Year's Eve. Mm. But I literally finished it on New Year's Day. Like I. Oh, wow. I, yeah, it was that. I really, really enjoyed it. I did not think that I would be into the whole fantasy thing at all. I like mm. started Game of Thrones and I kind of left it and I didn't just like I didn't feel compelled to go back to it. Right, right. So I might go back just to see what the hype is about. Mm. But The Witcher, I really, really enjoyed it. I was not expecting it. Okay. It might also just be Henry Cavill, but you know. I mean, he's a very good to look at, so <laughs> don't blame you, girl. No, that's I uh, I'm watching so many shows. I can't even think of them at the top of my head now. Mm. Oh, this is a British show. Have you seen Line of Duty? No, I've heard good things about this. Line of Duty. Okay. Line of Duty is one of the most sensational piece of television to ever come out of British TV. Oh, wow. Okay. Like I don't even know. It's such a simple concept. So it's basically based... I'm not going to give any spoilers in case you want to watch it. But it's basically based on um, a police department Mm -hmm. that is fighting anti-corruption. That's it. That's the concept. But if you see the story arcs, the, the acting, the precision, the detail. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. I think of this one scene, right? where one of the one of the main characters is being um interrogated no question because i don't think we do interrogations in the uk but they were questioning him on a crime leah they were like so this is evidence one were you or were you not blah 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 blah. he's like i've never seen that before okay sir this is evidence two and it was just the level of like you can tell that they speak to police officers. You can tell that this this show is well researched to the point where I wasn't. I knew that he didn't do the crime, but I even felt like he did the crime. <laughs> <laughs> like I knew he didn't because I watched it so many. I was like, no, he didn't do the crime. We know he did the crime, but the level of just but well, we have this and we have this and we have that and we have this this this. But isn't that your fingerprint over there? But isn't that you? But isn't that this? But isn't this your phone? Did you not make this phone call from this photo phone booth? Did you not do this? And he's there like, I did, but I didn't kill this person. And I was like, oh, you did. (laughs) (laughs) But it's so good. I think I didn't realise how much of a difference it makes when a show is actually well-researched and it feels as if, like, you're kind of peering into a world that you're not really supposed to be in, but you're there because the show is so good. No, thank you for the recommendation. I'm just like, 
to you I'm like watch Big Little Lies watch Succession watch oh there's so many different things there's not enough time in the there's day there's not enough time in the day but I feel like we've made a good start with these topics and yeah. I'm sure we'll bring up more as we come across amazing shows yeah and guys honestly I'm always open to starting new shows and give us suggestions give us suggestions yeah always 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 open to starting new shows but thank you so much for listening to this episode of our little two pence on different programs on netflix and amazon prime and other platforms (laughs) i have been lee and i've been vivian and this has been our two pence and feel free to follow us or give us your recommendations and stuff on instagram or twitter at our two pence that's o-u-r the number two p-e-n-c-e on both of those platforms bye